No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Queen of Sheba visits Solomon and is greatly impressed with his wealth and wisdom. But there is one before us who is greater than Solomon. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 9 on Simply the Bible. Have you ever been so overwhelmed by something that you've seen or heard that you're speechless? But what is it that impresses us? Is it spiritual or is it material? Is it eternal or is it temporal? The glory days of King Solomon were certainly a sight to behold. But what seeds was Solomon sowing for the next generation? And what would become of his glorious legacy? We continue today in 2 Chronicles chapter 9. Now, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions. Having a very great retinue, camels that bore spices, gold in abundance, and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and their apparel, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Now, when Solomon first asked God for wisdom, or literally for a hearing heart, God said that he would give Solomon wisdom, but he would also give him wealth and fame. This account of the Queen of Sheba shows how God made good on his promise. She came a very great distance to hear the renowned wisdom of Solomon. Now, where is Sheba anyway? Sheba was thought to have been in southern Arabia, probably corresponding to the area of modern Yemen. This was 1,200 miles from Jerusalem, an estimated 75-day journey on camel. So, why did she come? She came with hard questions, for which she needed answers, and she was prepared to pay handsomely to get them. Now, when she heard Solomon's wisdom, saw his house and the food on his table, and saw how all the servants were arranged and what they wore, there was no spirit left in her. She was totally overwhelmed. What did she see? We have an account in 1 Kings 4.22 of Solomon's daily provision of food. The daily food requirements for Solomon's palace were 150 bushels of choice flour, 300 bushels of meal, also 10 oxen from the fattening pens, and 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep or goats, as well as deer, gazelles, roe deer, and choice poultry. That's for one day. 
Imagine all the people that he was feeding and imagine how many servants were required just to prepare all that food. No wonder the queen was so overwhelmed. Then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe their words until I came and saw with my own eyes, and indeed, the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men, and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you, setting you on his throne to be king For the Lord your God, because your God has loved Israel to establish them forever, therefore he made you king over them to do justice and righteousness. So she was overwhelmed by what she saw, but what did she do? Well, she broke forth in spontaneous praise in just appreciating Solomon and all that God had given him in the way of wisdom and wealth. And she said, happy are your men just to be able to listen to your wisdom and to sit in the midst of this every day. Who wouldn't want to serve you? But it is interesting that Solomon himself said in Ecclesiastes 1-2, vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. You see, Solomon had all this stuff, but It was still meaningless to him. And he explained the position of someone who tries to go through life and get everything that life has to offer, but doesn't put God first. And of course, as we see, Solomon in his latter days would turn away from the Lord. He would forsake the Lord. And so if you try to make sense of life without the Lord, well, even the greatest gold and silver and wealth and wisdom will all just seem meaningless to you. Solomon also wrote in Proverbs 15, 16, better to have little with fear for the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil. A bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than steak with someone you hate. Now, I can only imagine having 1,000 wives, there was probably a lot of contention at times and Solomon would have rather had just a bowl of vegetables in peace than to have all of that beef, venison, and lamb with strife. The thing about material wealth is that it is so easy to take it all for granted. And we take so much for granted. I realize that whenever I travel out of the country, something as simple as a public restroom is very difficult to find. I remember my wife and I, we went to Amsterdam and we could not find a public restroom. We didn't have the right currency to use the public toilet that you had to pay for. And oh my goodness, it was stressful. But just something that simple can be so hard to find. I can't find ice when I'm in Europe. Uh, We even take for granted the drinkable tap water that we have. So Jesus said that a person's life doesn't consist in the abundance of his possessions. That's not what's going to give you ultimate life and happiness. Our life is found in knowing and in serving God. Now, Solomon's servants, they got to sit and listen to Solomon and his wisdom all day long, 24-7. But did they appreciate it? 
it would have been very easy for them to take it all for granted. The queen praised Yahweh. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that she was a believer. In fact, she said, Blessed be the Lord your God. You see, each nation in those days worshipped their own local deities. She recognized that Solomon's God had blessed him. However, Jesus did say, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Certainly, Solomon's wisdom was renowned. It shone forth to all the nations and drew the Queen of Sheba to it. And thus, it did bring glory to God. Solomon was letting his light shine in that way. The Queen observed that God established Solomon over Israel to do justice and righteousness. Now, our governmental leaders need to keep this in mind. Their primary function is to do justice and righteousness. It's not to get reelected. It's not to appease special interests. It's not even to please their own constituency. And it's certainly not to please themselves. Their God-given responsibility is to ensure justice and righteousness so that we may all dwell in peace. Verse 9. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great abundance, and precious stones. There never were any spices such as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. 120 talents of gold is four and a half tons. Also the servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon who brought gold from Ophir brought algum wood and precious stones. And the king made walkways of the algum wood for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, also harps and stringed instruments for singers. And there were none such as these seen before in the land of Judah. This is just an accounting of the beautiful wood and precious stones that Solomon received. He made spectacular walkways and the world's finest musical instruments. Now, King Solomon gave to the Queen of Sheba all she desired, whatever she asked, much more than she had brought to the king. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. Now, it is interesting that Jesus spoke of this queen. He said in Luke eleven thirty one, The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. You see, Jesus spoke these words to the scribes and Pharisees who refused to receive his words. The queen of Sheba came 1,200 miles to hear the words of Solomon, but they would not even listen to the words of Jesus in their own backyard. And his wisdom was vastly superior to Solomon's. In fact, we're told in 1 Corinthians 1.24 that to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God incarnate. So, how about us? How far do we travel to hear the wisdom of Christ? What effort do we make to sit at His feet and hear His voice and let his spirit speak to our hearts. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 4, 5, Get wisdom, get understanding, 
Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Getting wisdom begins with believing in Jesus Christ. Now, Solomon had such world-famous wisdom and wealth, unlike anybody either before nor since. He was king in the glory days of Israel. But was it all enough? And what kind of legacy would he leave behind for his children? He provided for them materially, for sure. But what did he provide for them spiritually? Tune in tomorrow and we will see. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the wisdom that you give through your word and especially through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray for anyone hearing this today that has not yet come into a personal relationship with Christ, has not yet partaken of the wisdom that is in Christ. I pray, Father, that you would grant to them the gift of faith and, Lord, that they would seek the wisdom that you alone can give. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please email us at daryl at calvarytv.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L at calvarytv.org. Tomorrow, we'll see where King Solomon has great wealth and wisdom. He enlarges the borders and glory of Israel. After reigning 40 years, he dies. But what is his legacy? We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.